0: you're listening to a bible lesson taught in the youth group at trinity baptist church we hope this bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the lord 252 luke 252 is where we're at we're reading together does anybody want to open this up our time together adam would you mind shutting those doors while you're right there anybody want to open our our class up our session up our youth group since y'all don't like the term class our uh, youth group open up Would someone like to open some prayer or can I do, Josh, stand up and open some prayer. Josh. Amen. Luke 2.52. Let's read together. <clears throat> Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Luke 2.52. Now, we talked last week about wisdom. Let me ask you guys, where does wisdom come from? Where does wisdom come from, Adam? Wisdom comes from above. Way to quote James. But that's not what we talked about last week, but way to quote James. It does come from above. Where does it come from, Cody? It comes from the Lord. Where else does wisdom come from? What did you say? Our knowledge? knowledge? That was not on the handout last week, but that is a really good guess. (laughs) It is. Uh, Where where does wisdom come from? Somebody here last week. Three places where wisdom comes from. Annie, the Bible. Yes, it does come from the Bible. That that's We counted that from the Lord. Yes, since we're guessing, just let's just keep throwing guesses out there. And just forget that I ever wrote a handout last week. <laughs> Lindsay. Companions. Yes, your companions. Thank you. Lindsay was listening. Yes. Remember, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, and the of fools shall be destroyed. So what's the last one? Correction. Correction. Yes, good job, Cody. So I get wisdom from the Lord. I get it from the people that I spend time with, and then I get it from correction. Don't answer this, but how many of you in the last past week have had to experience correction and decide to learn from it versus being upset about it? Don't you don't, have to, don't make any faces or anything like that? Just just tuck it right away right there. Are you learning wisdom? Well, I will say, as we study through this passage at luke two fifty two that I've enjoyed it probably more so I says. More so than any one I've done so far. Like, I look at it and I'm like, man, this, this study has been great. Because even today, as we look at growing in the stature. And Jesus grew in stature. And we're going to look at what it is and everything like that. But as we look at the teenage life, this is where it is. First of all, we strive for wisdom. Me learning the knowledge, you're all gaining knowledge. And now I try to take this knowledge and I try to apply it in my life. We talked about Joseph. Now, Joseph simply said, okay, there's going to be seven years of famine. This is going to be seven years of good. When you take from the seven years of good and make it so we can make through the year seven years of famine, wisdom. We're looking at practical wisdom today. We're going to look at our physical development as we move. The Bible says Jesus Christ increased in wisdom and in stature. So, what does it mean to increase in stature? It means this. Now, if you look at the the word stature in the word of God, you'll get two words that we're going to talk about right now. And then we we break this down, and I want you to walk away with this definition. When Jesus increases stature, it's the process of a young person developing the capabilities or possibilities in body, which is physically, or mind, which is mentally, to become the person God desires them to be. The process of a young person developing the capabilities or possibilities in body or mind to become the person God desires them to be. Now, as we look at one of our key passages that we're going to think about is Romans 12, 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your physical body, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As we go and we develop in life, there are changes that happen. I have, just for you guys, it's fun. I put it up there. I found a video. My brother posted it a little while ago of me when I was in eighth grade giving a speech. And my voice sounds absolutely hilarious. I put it up on the website just for you guys. So if you want to desire to see my eighth grade speech and sound how terrible, and see that you know what, nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's changed. He's still just as nerdy. My voice is like uh, five octaves higher. <laughs> but and then there's there's goofy pictures. But as we change, as we grow, we develop. I remember the first time I took junior high kids to camp. We rode in the van. We were riding the van and listened to the conversation of junior high kids. And I'm not talking about, like, junior high. I'm talking not like junior high about to go in the youth group. I'm talking still junior high and still working through junior high. They're juniors taking juniors. To, they're not in junior high. Were they just juniors or junior high when well, we took the juniors to the wilds? All right, yeah. So taking them to camp is a totally different experience than taking you guys to camp. And honestly, I'm going to say I kind of prefer the juniors. But I'm just saying. I want you get, what. No, no, listen. Listen, listen to me out. I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell you the whole reason. Once I get to camp, I prefer the teenagers. But the drive to camp, you never have to worry about going to sleep when you have elementary juniors in there. It's not like they're having their own conversations in the back. Well, they are, but they're saying it loud enough that everybody in the next car can hear what we're talking about. And I remember like we were riding down the road, and one of the uh, girls is messing with one of the guys, and she's like, they're like talking seriously. Man, you have a huge zit on your forehead. Wow, that's like disgusting. That's nasty. And he's laughing about it. See, <laughs> like trying to squeeze it and like everything. And I'm thinking, I was we were riding down with my, me and my wife were in the front seat. And I was just thinking, wow, if this was a teen van, I'd have to be doing counseling right now. <laughs> if some, some girl and some guy were back there talking about zits on their face and like how nasty it is, whatever's on your head right there. And how in the world are you living like that? I was like, we'd well, have to do counseling because something changes as you grow older. And as we look through it, Jesus... In his life, the Bible, once again, gives us three things, wisdom and stature, his physical appearance changed. Now, I will tell you that what we're going to talk about tonight is probably one of the keys. If you'll grasp this, the Lord can do wonders in your life. Not because I'm thinking, because it is God's word. Now, as we look at it, you guys are developing in the people that I hope that God wants for you. My goal for you in this youth group is not... That we have good teens. Is that one day we have godly adults. And that this process right now that you're going through in your teenage years. You're taking and putting that knowledge. You're gaining that wisdom that we talked about last week. And you're starting to put it into practice. And as you grow, increase in stature. And your body and mind move toward maturity. That God will bring you to where he wants you. That our goal here is not just to have fun, but to make you into something that God wants you to be. And as we look at Jesus' life, he increased in stature. Let's look at it. Physical and then the mental. How do I increase in stature? We got there, number one, physically. In my physical life, I have to realize some things. Number one, I have to recognize that I am God's creation. Recognize you're God's creation. Psalms 100, verse 3. Now, this is a... A psalm we read all the time, but we never read it in this context that I'm aware of that most people. Psalm 100 verse 3, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. So number one, I've got to recognize God created me. Right now in my office, I have a whole box on a shelf of pretty much every art project Shilin has done in Passion Pirate Club, Awana's, Sunday School. She brings it in my office and she says, Dad, this is for you. And she leaves it in my office. Now, I do not believe that Shilin probably, sometimes I believe she does. Most of the time, I don't think she's logically thinking, this is for my dad. I'm going to do the best. I think it's, I did this, now I need to go play. And so, Dad, I did this for you. Will you hold on to this? And I put it in the box. And I say, Now, if you guys came by, me and this exchange was happening with my daughter, and my daughter's walking to me, giving up that art project that she just did in Patch the Pirate Club or whatever, and she's handed it to me, and I say, Wow, dear, that's really the ugliest artwork I've ever seen. <laughs> and you guys walk past the hall, and you heard me say that. Not one of you would say, there's a good dad. <laughs> Look at him. He's just going to tell her how it is. She'll, she'll work on that. and She'll do a little better next time. She'll work on that art. project." No, you would say, man, you are horrible. What kind of dad are you? Now, can I tell you that God is not some little four-year-old in heaven that gets his feelings hurt? But can I tell you that God created you the way he desired you to be for good To his sake, or for what you may think is bad, as a teenager, when you're 12, 13, and you're moving towards, and even some of you that are 16, 17, you think you've arrived, and 17, 18, you think you've arrived, and you still got a long ways to go to maturity. As you're moving through, you have to go ahead and recognize this. God created you just the way he wanted you. He gave you the personality that he knew you would need. I look at my life. I told you guys, uh, I think uh, I was, we were talking to somebody. I can't remember who I was talking with, but I was telling that. I remember when I was growing up, people made fun of my laugh, like all growing up, because I laugh a lot. And it's okay. I'm cool with that. Now, I look at it as an adult. I really don't care if you make fun of a laugh. I'll laugh with you about my laugh. But you know what? I had to come to a point where I understood God made Aaron Burden the way Aaron Burden is. So for me to freak out, for me to look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm so ugly. You know what? It's okay because God created me the way He desires for me to be. I am His people. It is He that has made me, not me not me. There was no conference held about how Aaron Burton thinks that Aaron Burton should look, how Aaron Burden thinks his personality should be. God created me. And you say, This is so elementary, Pastor Burton. But see, this is key to becoming what God wants you to be. You have to go ahead and have this understood. Number one, God created me. We say in the rope trick in New York. We all have three things in common: God loves us, God created us. It's a truth that we have to go ahead and put into our hearts. So, number two, second thing is not only that I recognize that I am God's creation, number two, realize there are some things you cannot change. <clears throat> realize there are some things that you cannot change. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. I'll read it for you. Matthew 6, 27 says this. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? So this is what Jesus Christ is asking. And he goes through and he talks about taking no thought tomorrow. But he says, who, taking thought, can add any height to yourself? Now, if you're an evolutionist, you may believe, well, in billions and billions of years, if I think hard enough, I'll adapt to whatever I need. The frog that thinks it needs wings Billions and billions of years ago, thinking hard enough, eventually he'll have wings and he'll be able to fly or he'll be able to swim. But we know that in all reality, there is nothing I can do to will myself. There are just some things that cannot change. And I'll say this before I say there are some things that can't change. There are some things that you can change. As a teenager, there are things that you can change in your life that I say, jump for it. You know what? Back in January... I said, you know what? I need to lose some weight. I cannot sit on the couch eating a bag of potato chips and say, God made me this way. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do that. But I can say, God has made me uh, built a built certain way, but there are some things I can change. I don't have to sit on the couch and eat peanut butter patties and eat uh, Girl Scout cookies all day long. <laughs> they're Girl Scout cookies. I mean, you guys got to get up on your Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be talking. That really sounds like I have an addiction. <laughs> but, but I can't sit on the couch and things that I cannot change. I can't play video games all day and then complain that, well, God never made me smart. Well, I just don't have, I don't have the ability to be able to grasp of some things. There are some things I can change. I can study hard, and I may not be a straight-A student, but I can get through my schooling. So I do want to say, before I preface this, that there are some things that you can change, and if you can change them, you need to. But there are some things you can't. Now, I'm going to be dead honest with you for just a second here. Well, not that I haven't been honest with you before. But (laughs) but, uh, I'm going to be, let's say I'm going to be transparent with you for just a second. I remember growing up, and as most of you know, I was, for a little bit of time, the only black guy outside my brother in my school. And I remember there were times that I'm being dead honest with you that I wished I was white. I did. Like, I was like, if I, if I could be a white kid, like, I'd have it made. I remember sitting down at lunchtime and having conversations with girls that I had no intention of marrying. No intention of marrying. Didn't even care, really. But I remember conversations would go something like this. Aaron, you're a nice guy and all, but I would never marry you because you're black. And, like, I remember seeing, sitting at the, the table and thinking, like, for real? Like I, not that I even really want to marry you at all. But it's just a thought that that I could not do something because I'm like and I remember going through like and being going to youth conferences. And I go to the youth conference and there's like you look around the the you look around the youth conference. Oh, there's a brother way over there. <laughs> What's up man? <laughs> and I and I and I remember that. And I do and I was like sit there and I was like as a, as a teenager I thought this was cool. And I used to think, man, if I was only, if I was only white. And I remember seeing that. And I'm just, I'm being transparent with you. But you know what? There came a time where I realized there are some things I can't change. You know what? I'm fine with it now. I go to places all the time, only black guy. I'm happy with it. Hey, how are you doing? People ask me dumb, people ask me dumb questions all the time. Like, you mean you're a youth pastor? Let me ask you. Is it a black church you work at? (laughs) No, really, it's not. I'm one of the few. And you know what? You know what? Today, I can, and I'm just being honest with you, and I know we're joking, but I'm being honest with you. I've come to the point that I've understood as a young man that, hey, there are certain things I cannot change. So for me to go around having a pity party and thinking, oh, man, I'm never going to make it. I remember having, even with me and my wife, I remember having a conversation with a friend that I would call a good friend who asked me, how are you ever going to have a ministry if you marry a white person? Like, how are you ever going to have a ministry? I remember having serious conversations with people. But you know what? I come to the point now today, I'm like, this is who God made me. This is Aaron Burden. Like it or lump it. I'm Aaron Burden. Amen. And can I say that, hey, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it, brother. <laughs> but, can I, but can I say that in your life, there are going to be things that, honestly, as a teenager that you look at, that you're going to desire to change, if I didn't have this nose, or if I didn't have, if I didn't look like this, if I didn't have this personality, if I didn't have this, can I tell you, God created you. And the second thing is, there are some things you cannot change. Jesus asked the question, who can just think, and by thinking so hard, is going to add any height to their stature? Oh man, I'll just think about it, and I'll be taller. i just think about it, I'll be more athletic. I'll think about it, and maybe I'll be smarter. No, we can't. There are some things that we can't change. There are some things naturally that you guys can do better than me. You know what? I'm fine with that. Some of you may be a better soccer player than I'd ever think about being. You know what? I'm not going to say, oh, I wish I was a better soccer player. I'm just saying, you know what? I'm a baller. I'm a basketball player. That's what I do. And you know what? I'm fine with that. And even for our own lives, to every intricate detail of our lives, God has created you. And then God has given you some things that you cannot change. If you're short, guess what? Unless the Lord sees fit to give you some kind of growth spurt somewhere, be happy being short. If you're tall and lanky and skinny, be happy because one day you could be big, fat, and round. (laughs) But whatever God's created you, be happy where God has put you. So those are the first thing, God's created me. second thing is i got to recognize that there are some things I can't change. And for me physically to be upset about that is not going to change anything. And number three, remember God sees your heart. This is key. I'm not going to turn there for time sake, but we know the passage where Samuel is trying to get, a, look for a king and he looks at David and all his brothers and Eliezer and all these guys come through. And God says, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. Because God seeth not as man seeth, On the outside, but God looketh on the heart. Now this is what I'm this catch this really quick. I'm not trying not to spend a lot of time with this because I know we don't have a lot of time. But as you develop, your physical appearance, as serious as it may seem to you right now, matches nothing to what your heart is. You know what? I've met some young ladies that were beautiful young ladies, but had a terrible heart and you didn't even want to be around them. I've met guys that were superior athletes. I played with ball with a couple, blow me away any day of the week. But you know what? Their heart wasn't right. When you walked away to telling dirty jokes, swearing, cursing, can I tell you that no matter what you have on the outside, God may have made you the best looking person, the smartest person, the whatever as a teenager. If your heart is not where it ought to be, none of that matters. You can walk in here every Sunday morning. I mean, you could be the best dressed teenager in this youth group. But if your heart's not right, the Bible says, God seeth not as man seeth. There's not one person that walks through those doors that God looks at the way they're dressed, how good they look or how smart they are or all the talents and abilities they have. And God says, whoa, now that's a teenager I can use. Never in his cross's mind. But he looks at a teenager that will walk through there that may not be the best looking, may not be the smartest, may not be whatever. Or maybe they are. And they have a heart, desire to serve God. And God says, that person. Hey, where's David at? Is there somebody else here? You've got to have another son because God said no to all these sons. Well, there's David. He's he's out keeping the sheep because he's the young brother. Bring him here because that's the one I want to use. So three things. And these are the first three things that we've got to get to, and we've we've got three more things to get to. But if you get these, I tell you, you'll master your teenage years to understand that, one, God created you. Secondly, there are some things that you cannot change. You cannot add stature. You cannot make change the way you look. And you know what? Don't get bitter about those things. And God made you for a certain reason. Me and Pastor Ferguson we're similar. We're so different in so many ways. We sit in meetings and we laugh and joke about how different we are. You know what? God's made Aaron Burden to be what Aaron Burden is. And he made Pastor Seth Ferguson to be who Pastor Seth Ferguson is. You know what? God's made to them. I don't, it doesn't need, it, I can't change it. Go with it. And then lastly, your heart matters more than all the physical appearance. You can put piles of makeup on. You can go work out in the gym. You can do all those things. But if your heart's not right, that's what God sees. And God can't use someone with a bad with a heart not turned to him. So we go on. So that's physically. How do I increase in stature? Secondly, mentally. And this is I would love to spend all time here. I was gonna try and spend actually have these two separate two separate youth groups, but we're gonna just go through it. Mentally. This is verse two. This is the other thing. Now those are what you cannot change. Those are all the things that you just have to go ahead and accept and go ahead and take those as truths. Now here are real quickly three truths that ought to be your goals for your teenage years. Now, if you put these three things your goals for your teenage years, Lord willing, if you go through the right way, this is God's word. I believe you have God's promise on this. God will develop you in the person you need to be. So here's your goals. It says, and be not conformed, Romans 12, 2, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is, what, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the word conform means to resemble To have the likeness of. To resemble to have the likeness of. So be not conformed to have the likeness of this world. Now that's in everything. My goal is not to look like, to act like as close as I can to the world. I hope there never comes a day where one of you guys come to this youth group and me, as your youth pastor, is desiring to look like the world so that you will accept me. I hope there's not a person that comes to this door that ever comes, goes there and say, wow, Pastor Burton is pretty cool because he knows a rap song. Pastor Burton is really cool because he watches garbage on television. Pastor Burton is really cool. I don't want that ever to happen. The same thing happens with you guys. To make it through your teenage years before God gives you the three things he wants you to do, he says, be not conformed. Made in the likeness of the world, but be transformed. The word transformed, changed. It means different from. So he wants you to transform you. And how is he going to do it? By the renewing of your mind. The Renew means renovation to make new. Renovation to make new. Me and my wife went looking at houses yesterday, and we've been looking at houses for a little while, trying to find a place to live. There's sometimes we walk in the house and like, if we bought this house... Everything needs to go. Like this is just a terrible place. Pretty much just tear it all out and we're going to put all the new in because I could not live in this house the way it is. Same thing with your life. God says this, I don't want you to be conformed, made the likeness of the world, but instead I want you to be transformed. I want you to be changed, made different. And how are you going to make you different? You're going to renew your mind. You're going to go through your mind and take everything out that doesn't please God. Same thing as you would watch some home improvement show. Well, you probably don't, but your parents may watch some home improvement show that they would tear everything out and put in all new. This is what you should be doing as a teenager in your mind. All right. This philosophy right here of maybe sensual, sensual things needs to be torn out because it does not please God. I need to get rid of that and put something else in this music right here that does not please God. I need to pull that out and put it renew. I'm totally renovating my mind. Why? Why? Because this is what the three goals should be, be for, your, for your teenage years, right here. So that I will know the goal of mental maturity is to distinguish the will, which is just simply the desires of God. What is good? So, first thing is, what is good? So, as I'm navigating my life, God is renovating my mind so that I can understand what is good. The word good it means beneficial, it means beneficial. So as I'm renovating my time, as I'm maturing mentally, did I miss one? Because I see a lot of people are like, all right, conform, resemble, prove. Oh, I'm sorry. To prove, discern, distinguish. Prove, discern, distinguish. So God is making, helping me mentally mature. And see, these are your goals. This is how you know you're striving for mental maturity. You're looking at what is good, what is beneficial and the desires of God. Now I'll tell you right now, I do not believe that playing a video game is sin. I don't. I believe there's times where you can grab your phone, your video game system or whatever, and relax for a few minutes and play a game. I I would almost say that it could be beneficial for you to take some time to relax for something. If you've been working hard or whatever, that's fine. I can tell you as you're maturing mentally, To sit down and from a television all day and all night is not beneficial. And so the Bible says I'm supposed to be renewing my mind. I'm throwing things out. I'm looking at what is good. What is beneficial for me as a young person? Are you looking at your life? Can you look at your life and look at the things that say, you know, this is beneficial to me. This friend that I have is beneficial. Because they're propelling me to do more for God. This is beneficial in my. Well, you know what? This friend over here is not beneficial because right now, the things I hear them say, the things I do, can I say I don't think there's anything wrong with having Facebook? There's not. If your parents said you can't have one, then guess what? It's wrong for you to have one. But I'm just saying as a thing, it's not really that big of a deal. But now, if you spend hours on there, if you get involved in every dramatic scene that appears all you do is post to everything that fleeting through your and my small little minds has to be thrown out in the public Then i would say you know what that's not beneficial to you it's not beneficial so you have to start looking at it. this is how god develops you to be you. mentally i need to be thinking what is beneficial in my life and if it's not beneficial i'm renovating i'm throwing it out So I can become the adult that God would have me. All right? So number one, what is good? Number two, what is acceptable? The word acceptable means well-pleasing. So I'm asking, as I strive for mental maturity, I'm trying to mature to become the person God desires me to be, I am going to figure out what is good. Is this beneficial in my life? What is acceptable? Is this well-pleasing to the desires of God? Now, Every aspect of your life, run through it, because I'm not going to give you a whole lot of illustrations, because you know. What are you doing right now that you know does not please God? And what are you going to do with it? See, I'm looking for mental maturity. I'm looking to strive to be the young person that God wants to do. Yeah, I understand that it is hard to be a teenager right now. Yeah, I understand that I have things that are pulling me different directions. I understand there's all kinds of pressures. But in my own life, what am I looking at? And doing in my own life that I can say, this is well pleasing to God. And I need to keep that. And everything that I can't say that to, I'm renewing my mind. I'm renovating. I'm taking it out. I can't do this. Hey, you know what? I have friends that they watch this TV show, and you know what? There may not be anything technically wrong with it, but right now it's not helping me strive to serve God. So, you know what? I'm saying, Right now, I'm going to let that go. I want to do what's well-pleasing. Oh, you know what? In my life, this relationship that I have or whatever is not making me more. It's not beneficial to me. What I'm doing in it is not pleasing God. I need to let those things go. I know this sounds very extreme, and it does. But I believe it's the Christian life that we ought to be living, the Christian life we do not. But see, every action, every thought should go through the filter of, does this please my God? We call ourselves Christians. The whole reason Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth was to die for our sinful, wicked selves. So as we look at that, you know what? I don't think it's too much for God to ask to say, Everything that goes through your mind, everything that goes out your mouth, everything that you do with your hands, go with your feet, should be asked, does this please God? Does this please God? But see, we're so wrapped up in our own pleasures. Well, it pleases me. It makes me happy to. It makes me happy to listen to this. It makes me happy to watch this. It makes me happy to, perf- to act like this. It makes me happy to talk like this. Man, when I get angry and I say these things, ah, it just makes me feel better. Can I say that you're not maturing into the person God wants you to be? Is it beneficial? Is it acceptable? Is it well-pleasing to God? And lastly, we're going to be trying to find out what is perfect. The word perfect just simply means what is complete. Now, when you get the first two, this last one is going to take more character than the other ones. If you can find out in your life what is acceptable, I mean, what is uh, good, what is beneficial, and what is acceptable, what is well-pleasing to God, then you come to what is complete, what is perfect. Now, I'm not going to put you guys here, but I know when I was a teenager, there were certain things my mom and dad would ask me to do and I would do them, but I would never go back to my mom and dad to ask them if that, I did it okay because I knew that the standard to which I did that was not even close to what they wanted. I did it. Hey, Aaron, go do such and such. Okay, dad, I'll get that done. I got five minutes to get this done quick. I got stuff to do. And I walk away, hey, did you do that? And I don't walk up to my dad and say, yeah, dad. You want to check it out, see how it looks? I say, yeah, dad is good. You don't have to bother looking at it. Don't even worry about it. I did it. And see, in our spiritual lives, we mature to what God wants us to do. I'm looking for what is good, what's beneficial, what's acceptable, what's well pleasing. Lastly, perfect, what's complete. In my life, am I looking for every single thing God wants me to do? I don't want to read my Bible because I know if I read my Bible, God's going to tell me that I shouldn't be doing this. Instead of reading my Bible saying, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, I want to be wholly yours. I don't want to just live the Christian life. I want to live it perfect. I want to live it complete. God, if there's something Aaron Burton is doing in his life right now, I want you to show it to me so that I can remove it. That's not the way we live. We live, well, the preacher said I wasn't supposed to do this, so I'm not doing that. Okay? Are you happy? I'm not doing that. Instead of living the life that says, I'm trying to mature to what God wants me to be. May God show me. Show me. I want to get better. I want to do better. In my life, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better teenager. I want to be a better son, a better daughter. Even in my own life, I want to be a better husband. God, show me in my life how I can be a better husband to my wife, how I can be a better father to my children. I don't want to just be, I'm a good dad, and I'm happy with it. My kids ain't gone to jail. My kids are doing fine. I don't want to be that. I want to be a dad that's thriving, that's saying, you know what? I have two young people that, Lord willing, would serve God with all their hearts and all their souls and all their minds, and it may cost me everything I have but that's what I want. And I would hope tonight that you would say, you know what? In my life, I want what's good. As I renovate my mind and go to a mental maturity, I really want to do what's good, what's acceptable. You know what? There's some things in my life that I'm not doing that are all that beneficial to me right now. You know what? As I try, I'll look at them and I'll analyze those things and say, you know what? I'm going to try to take those things out of my life. Or maybe those things that are well-pleasing. You know what? Pastor Bird, really, when it comes down to it, I can't think of anything hardcore that I'm doing against God, but if there's something that I'm not doing that's, I mean, that's something that doesn't please God, I really, I'm going to try to change it because I want to become what God wants me to be. But let me ask you to take the third step, which God calls our reasonable service, and that's to go to the complete. God, I'm ready to do anything and everything it takes for you to make me more like you. If you read Carrie Schmidt's book, the guy that I like to read and listen to often and you read his book about cancer and when he, had, he got diagnosed with cancer and he talked about how when he got diagnosed with cancer he grabbed his one of the first things he did was grab his family and he said we all spent some time in prayer and he said I made them all promise that nothing that happens after this will ever be bitter with God we want everything that happens to this to go to honor, God's honor and glory now can I tell you that I would love that to be said to me but I don't know if that would be the first thing I do is grab my family and say let's thank God for the trial that we're going through But can I tell you, there's a man that said, you know what? I know what's beneficial. I know what's acceptable. I know what's perfect. Well, God, I'm trying to live that. But right now in my life, I'm really happy that God would do whatever it takes to make me more like him. And when you get there, can I tell you, young ladies and young men, that a teenager that lives that way, one day when you become an adult and you're moving out to have your own family, to start a career, to go into ministry or whatever God calls you to do, if you've got a hold of those three things, I'm telling you, this is what the legends are made of. The people who've walked the Christian walk, the Apostle Pauls, D.L. Moody's, Spurgeons are made of, of guys that just said, you know what, I don't want to do anything in my life. This may not be that bad, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to please God. And what God do, whatever it takes in my life to make me more like you. And when you start thinking like like that right now as a teenager, you're going to be just like Jesus. Growing. We only have three things that Jesus did in his teenage years. He grew in wisdom, increased in stature. Physically and mentally, Jesus grew up. And the same thing happens for us. It's time to move towards the maturity God wants us to have. Let's pray. Dearly Father God, I thank you so much for this passage. And God, I thank you for what it's done in my life. God, Lord, just studying it, and Lord, desiring to be what you'd have Aaron Burton to be. God, would you please help me to do those things that are good and acceptable and perfect will of God? God, in every one of these teenagers' lives, God, would they strive to do the same? Lord, that we would not have teenagers, Lord, be happy with just being okay. Lord, with not getting ourselves in trouble, but Lord, seeking to pursue you. Lord, all you are. Lord, help us, Lord, even as me and the sponsors and Lord, all of us in here. God, that we would pursue you, desire to be more like you in our lives. And God, it takes work. And God, would you please, Lord, I'm asking in my own life and I pray for these guys, Lord, that you would search me and know me. Lord, know my heart. Try me. And God, see if there's any wicked way in me. And God, would you please lead me in the way that I should go? So Lord, we're asking for that tonight. Lord, so that as you lead us in wisdom and then Lord, you lead us as we increase in stature and Lord, next time we're together, Lord, as we think about in favor with God and man and our social standing with those around us. God, that we mature in the people that you'd have us to be in. God, we need great help here. Lord, burn these truths deep in our heart with your Holy Spirit power. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.